0: Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary.
1: 2020 is a year that will go down in infamy uh, for many different reasons. But one of the reasons that most of us in the West have neglected Uh, is that 2020 is the year where persecution of Christians around the world is at an all-time high. And on this podcast, we're going to talk to some global experts about Christian persecution and the role, the responsibility, even the opportunity of us in the West of how we can serve and minister to those who are part of our body who are suffering around the world.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Scent Life Podcast. I'm Greg Mathias, along with my co-host and colleague, Scott Hildreth. And today we're talking about something that we've addressed before, right. uh, oftentimes on the Scent Life podcast, we, we really think about our own communities, kind of our own lives, but we have to remember we're part of a global family and a global church, and so uh, today we're going to be talking some more about the persecuted church, aren't we, Scott?
1: Yeah, you know, several months ago when we started the Scent Life, we had a conversation with Nathan, our sound editor, right. who is from a persecuted context, mm-hmm. in fact, left his home because he was a Christian yeah. and uh, faced intense persecution because of his faith, and that really started a conversation, Right. and as we've really watched, co- COVID Mm. and the impact of COVID. Um, it just We've just seen around the world, man, the influence right. or the opportunity for people to persecute Christians is just off the charts.
0: Yeah, which is uh, really kind of shocking in some ways, but right. it's good for us to hear those things, know about them. And just so our listeners know, I think it was episode three, go back and listen to that, which will really kind of ramp you up to today's conversation. Uh, and then we just want to welcome on today's episode, David Curry, uh, the president and CEO of Open Doors USA.
1: Well, thank you so much for uh, being here on the Scent Life podcast. We want to welcome Dr. David Curry, who is the president and CEO of Open Door USA. David, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate your time this morning.
2: Thank you. It's a great pleasure.
1: Can you, um, yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about your ministry, Open Door USA? Um, you know, talk to us about the, your ministry among the persecuted church and what you guys are, are doing and how you serve serve the mission of God around the world. Well, it goes back
2: uh, over 65 years and people have to put their themselves in the mind of the cold war and uh, we began with a single man a uh, brother andrew that was a code name he gave himself uh, and he took upon himself to fill up his little vw bug with bibles and deliver bibles into the soviet union behind the iron curtain and there was danger involved there was a uh, uh, obviously great pressure involved, but it was revolved around this idea that it, he had become obsessed with. And it was that there are believers on the other side of the Iron Curtain that don't have a Bible, that don't have access, that need fellowship and need to know that others haven't forgotten them. So he went person to person and and delivered those Bibles. Now, 65 plus years later, Open Doors continues. Now we're in all of the uh, 60 almost 70 countries now where there's intense persecution uh, of christians the the situation is in some ways different right you have uh now the rise of radical islam which is a major factor in in the work of uh that we do with persecuted christians you have uh, still have dictators you still have regimes you still have a, a residual communist Hmm. Almost Soviet uh, kind of uh, governments. When you look at, say, North Korea, hmm. uh, but there's there's a lot going on. But it's all revolves around the same principles, which is we want to make sure that Christians. Um, do not feel isolated wherever they're at to the degree that we can go there. We're always people to people. This is a fundamental idea, oh. which is always true of every ministry. But we are—we go to these places, be with them, stand with them, and then ask them, what do you need? Is it Bibles? Is it training? Is it, um, is it humanitarian aid in some cases? But rarely that is the case, what I can think of right now, some of the COVID relief we're doing, some of the relief we did for Christians in Iraq and Syria during ISIS. So it all comes back to that beginning and the core principles around it that we carry forward today.
1: That's fascinating. So it, the, the the amazing thing is, this, I think back even in my own Christian pilgrimage, I think The God Smuggler was probably one of the mm-hmm. first Christian books I yeah. ever read. Yeah. Um
2: yeah millions millions of copies sold for those that aren't familiar with it. When Brother Andrew uh, decided to write his story, the book was called God's Smuggler. And um it it really, that phrase paints a, a picture of what open doors is still today, going into dangerous places
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, sometimes, many times covertly, yeah. to support to stand with the body of Christ. and and we feel like, the, the body of Christ needs all kinds of, of uh, parts to it, one of which is uh, is uh, Open Doors and the role we serve to be the covert nature of, of sharing the
1: gospel and, and supporting the church. Yeah, I man, I appreciate Open Door and your ministry. You referred earlier, just kind of alluded to um, COVID and um, the needs around the world. How is the ministry of open door impacted by covid and, and what has covid done to say global persecution of christians what are you guys seeing on the ground
2: well what covid has done in some of the places where we serve is it has given another context for people to persecute christians mm-hmm. we first began to notice notice this just days after these lockdowns in india it was that, this is where we saw the first signs of how uh, local leaders 're were, were keeping relief from Christians mm. and what happens is these governments they distribute they they lay off everybody a lot of Christians are, are working uh, in India hand to-mouth they're they maybe in the lowest of the caste systems and so they immediately need food well the government's pass down to their local villages mm. uh, rice uh, if you know these so sort of basic supplies to help people live because they could not work mm. but the radical Hindu uh, village leaders and and mayors in these towns were choosing not to give the relief to Christians in mass. We found thousands and thousands and thousands of them that were coming to us with these reports. So, and the story, by the way, is that that they had a a spiritual reason. They said, Christians have brought this curse upon themselves because they don't follow Hindu uh, rules and so forth. So they felt like they were completely justified to discriminate against Christians. But what we did is then we quickly mobilized using our distribution networks to make sure that there was food to to support the survival of the church and, and of the people and and uh, the kind of basic sanitary things that, that you need in COVID. And that one idea in India then spread to Pakistan and elsewhere now in Africa where Christians are in, on, in a very significant way being cut off from relief that they need because they're Christians. This is the thing about open doors. It's always, we're not trying to find people who are, who are hurt in a civil war or in some other larger economic thing and they're Christians, but they're there is discriminated against everybody. This is when you have a situation where the Christians are discriminated because hmm. they follow Jesus. That's hmm. where, where we step in.
0: Wow. Wow. No, that's really encouraging. Um, I really do appreciate, David, the, the ministry of Open Doors, uh, really around the world. And, and so for our listeners, oftentimes when we hear about persecution uh, and suffering, it, it becomes kind of this vague idea. And so that's one of the things I really do appreciate about Open Doors, just the personalization. And you said we really go to the people. But maybe help our listeners understand, uh, when you say persecution – What is that? What are the forms of that? How do do we understand that?
2: Well, uh, one one thing your listeners can do is go to opendoorsusa.org. Our world watch list is data, Mm -hmm. data points on how many incidents of persecution there are. Now, one thing I would say is, it's the most trusted force uh, of research. The State Department, the White House, of all administrations has used this understand what's happening because it's grassroots data so the proof is there wow and i would say it's always baseline proof we know that 2983 christians we can document were killed for their faith last year but that's not the only number of people killed for their faith those are just the names and faces we can prove so it's always going to be the lower of what is actually happening because We don't know who all is being killed in North Korea. We can validate some, but not all, right? So just to give people an idea about the data. Persecution is any kind of oppression, harassment, discrimination against people on a severe level uh, for their faith, for their faith. So, for example, when we're talking about ISIS— or maybe a better example would be Syria. When Syria has a civil war, lots of people are getting hurt. We're, we're trying to figure out who's being discriminated against or attacked because they're Christians within that context. Mm. It's not always easy uh, to tell, but we always err on the, on, the, on the lower side of it. But what's shocking isn't that uh, we can prove uh, a little bit of it. It's that we can prove tons of it. Wow! Mm. It's just massive amounts of oppression but it takes different forms. I mean, your question's a good one, because in some Islamic societies, uh, if you become a Christian, you would be discriminated against uh, and punished by your family, mm-hmm. by your brothers. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could be even killed by your family, mm-hmm. as it is such a shame on them that right. you become a follower of Jesus. So mm-hmm. it can be very personal inside the family. It can be government, where you have, say, in some regimes that have total control, uh, North Korea comes to mind. Most difficult place, number one on the world watch list for, for a couple of decades now. They they control the police force. They bribe local uh, neighborhood watches to knock to, to out anybody who's heard or suspected of being a Christian or is talking about it. Uh, wow. So you have a, a control of everything. That's a government sort of re, a cultish kind of a control that can bring persecution. Hmm. Uh, and you can have it at all different levels of society. The yeah. the, hurt, the hurtful thing though, is when you start getting into the double persecution, it's all hurtful, but some of the more sure. difficult things to fathom is the double persecution against Christian women, because in mm. many Islamic regimes and elsewhere, you have women who are already considered second-class citizens. And then when they are found to be Christian women, they are raped and, and assaulted. Mm. I th- every every day, there's at least on average 23 women raped or assaulted because they're Christian. They're targeted wow. every single day. Uh, now, if if this was not a Christians, if it was in some other context, this would be a front page story. But it, I, I think th- there's a whole bunch of reasons why the media and uh, and others overlook this. Um, because it really draws uh, uh, some really unflattering uh, contrast to these cultures and to the way uh, these, uh, these regimes and, and uh, Islamic extremists uh, look, at, look at Christians and, and look at women. So um, mm-hmm. very it can vary greatly, but the idea is we measure the intensity of it and the varying parts of it, and you can go in, for, for data geeks, we have all the data there. Great. So professors and so forth, they can go in and they get all that sort of stuff. But for most of us, it's just to aliven us, like, wow, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that was happening. I'm gonna now pray about it. I'm gonna care mm-hmm. about it. We're gonna look through at a, at our missions mm-hmm. view through yeah. this lens. It's a filter by which missions committees and others. And of course, we, we have worked you know hand in glove with IMB and, and mm-hmm. others around the world for a good long while. So uh, uh, it's it, they understand that and and, uh, and work within that as well.
1: This episode of The Scent Life is brought to you by Open Doors USA. Open Doors shares a common purpose with Southeastern by encouraging the persecuted church to spread the gospel in difficult places. Together, let's assure our persecuted brothers and sisters that they do not suffer alone. You can enrich your prayer life by downloading the Pray for the Persecuted app. Simply text the word PRAY to 32500.
0: Yeah, and that really is the point, not just to highlight and be aware, but then uh, some action behind it, praying, uh, of course, if there's other ways to be involved. But, but so we hear these stories and, and, and really it's sobering, uh, just the multiple layers. And when you use terms like double persecution and some of the tragedies that happen because of somebody's Christian faith, uh, you know, I was thinking back as you were talking about the book of Acts and again, the early church, particularly after Acts chapter seven. With the martyrdom of Stephen, and that one phrase right afterwards that as the, the Christians, as the church was scattered, it says they went about and preached the word, and then of course we, we have the story of the early church, and, and even in that moment of persecution and suffering, even martyrdom, it wasn't that the persecution hindered or hampered the gospel. In fact, the gospel went forth almost with more energy, uh, and so in light of COVID and in light of these stories that you're sharing us, is that still true today? I mean, what are you seeing and hearing in the midst of such tragedy and persecution? Uh, is the gospel still going forward?
2: Well, the answer is is more complex than we would like. Okay. The, the truth is, in some cases where persecution happens, the church grows. Mm-hmm. Now, under what conditions does that happen? Where. By, by the way, the, that statement supposes the other half, which is, in some cases, it doesn't grow. It yeah. shrivels and dies. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is what the church doesn't talk about. There, there's, there are churches, there are, there are manifestations of local churches around the world that are shriveling. Now, here's mm-hmm. the conditions. When the church is isolated, it shrivels. We're wow. not, we are not supposed to be isolated. We're not supposed to be divided. That's another one there in in many places the persecution uh, sort of separates people uh, by divisions by, Oh, you're Anglican and you're Baptist and you're this and that. And they just fracture become isolated shrivel. Okay. So when we're isolated, when we're divided, it's problematic. When, when the, there's not a strong reliance on the word of God where where people don't know their scripture and are cut off from it. It shrivels, okay. But I'm. But now reverse it, if you'd like. a more positive way to say it is, when we're connected, when we're unified, regardless of whether what theology differences, we we're unified around what Jesus did on the cross, mm-hmm. and his saving his saving grace, his his the, his uh, saving work on the cross. If we can find unity around that, and just we'll, we'll figure out the rest of it as we discuss it in. In, in in the future but if we can figure out who's the body of christ in north korea that's re- revolved around the work of jesus on the cross make sure they they're together that they're not isolated that they have scripture that 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 and why is the scripture so important because when when there is good biblical teaching it builds hmm. it builds strength yeah. when you don't have that Crazy ideas get up, and and, and uh, you see these uh, another fracturing, shriveling, and dying. Yeah. Uh, so and that does happen. That does happen. Uh, so I, I think those ideas: stay unified, stay together, uh, yeah. do not be isolated, and stay focused on a biblical, scriptural teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, this works for you and I as well. Yeah. That's right. It, it, that, that's why it's so interesting, because the church in America, if we get divided, if we get sort of, you know, sort of a friendly fire going um, between us because we're, we're upset about, about certain things, and then uh, we get our own kind of crazy ideas that aren't based in, in Scripture, Mm. Uh, even even understanding that we're going to some people will view and see things differently um, certainly but on who start with what jesus who he was what he did on the cross i think then we start to get healthier over time as we're working it through
1: yeah. what yeah. a powerful lesson man that's mm-hmm. so insightful about those um those things and again i think you're right so often and i hear christians say you know what we need is a good healthy dose of persecution and that'll work us and having spent several years overseas i've said you know I don't know many people that are getting punched that just really say, would say that. There's So there is the strengthening that can come, but then there's, the again, the, the crisis that comes through that. Um, and the real shriveling sometimes of, of churches. I was reminded of even the shriveling sometimes of the church in Iraq and some of these other mm-hmm. places that we've heard about mm-hmm. um, recently. Yeah, the Iraqi church. Uh, has
2: had has had a fluctuating, you know, sort of a, a version of what happens under persecution. But the Syrian Church in the last four or five years has really solidified. Mm. It was a very comfortable church, protected by the Assad regime. The, the civil war stripped some of that away, and then ISIS attacking Christians went from a, an honored place in the society to being in the crossfire of these of the civil war and ISIS. Wow. So, uh, but what happened there, they had strong leadership, they had strong connections, and they stayed unified, and it's grown stronger under tremendous pressure, and it's a good thing it has, because it's still under pressure. Now you have Turkey, Mm. and they're using uh, formerly ISIS, you might say, they're they're, uh, mercenary uh, ISIS folks that are used in these incursions along the Turkish border and into Armenia as well, so there's... There's still pressure on Syria, but the point is they they've weathered it it well
1: relative to some others. Yeah, that's great, David. Talk to us real quick. How does the um, how does the American Church mm-hmm. respond to the knowledge about persecuted Christians? Obviously, Open Door USA, Open Door is a great ministry, and so we want to encourage all of our listeners to find ways to support, to work alongside your ministry. Uh, but what are what are some practical ways, maybe for pastors or uh, folks who are leading in churches? How how does the American church respond to this knowledge? Respond to uh, the reality of persecution around the world. That really, we're to us, it's it just seems to be an out there issue. But th- we're still the same body. And so, mm-hmm. what do we do about this? I think there's a universal
2: calling in the scripture about this. there are many things to which you might say that someone's called to be an evangelist, other called to be a shepherd, others called to other gifts. Okay, there, there are things to which we're all differently and uniquely gifted, but there are some universal callings. One of which I think is when, when it says in scripture that you are to pray for people who are persecuted or mm-hmm. in prison for the name of Jesus as if it were your own family or yourself, your mm-hmm. own brother, sister. I think that's what we should be called to, but we, with the fatigue of social media and the fatigue of news right. and new dramas all the time, We people are self-selecting out of this because it's just a lot. But here's the great thing about the persecuted church. When you're in the midst of it, there are stories of victory and renewal and the lessons. Here's one way to look at it, that what they're learning. We need to know. Yeah. That's good. And what we have, prayer, the uh, the ability to mobilize to give uh, resources, uh, what we have, they need. Mm-hmm. So we should be feeding together, but right now the church is asleep on this. We in the West, we are very self centered. Mm-hmm. Might say, not without reason, but it's not healthy. Okay. And we need to have a wider perspective. And here's why it's more important now, because I think there's a, and this is not unique to me, but there is a growing intolerance towards Christians. Mm-hmm. And a categorization of Christians as nutty or, or, or intolerant themselves, or that, uh, you know, we, we could see growing censorship. We will certainly see growing uh, the use of government rules zoning rules tax rules other things to put pressure on the church so that's my way of saying it's you you may think this is worlds away but and i'm not comparing comparing what happens in america to what's happening in north korea different sure. yeah different but there's shadows okay. um, uh, across what we experience that should give you an appreciation and a care and a concern so that you can learn now what it's like yeah. so that you can uh, be motivated to pray. So I think uh, that's my way of saying, it, we're asleep, we need to wake up. There's something in it for you to be aware of this, uh, but you shouldn't probably approach it only from that perspective. Right, that's great.
0: Yeah. No, that's really uh, helpful and, and a needed exhortation for us. And, and I know one of those ways that you talk about uh, our the church here waking up, uh, again, you've mentioned your website, opendoorsusa.org. There's also a fantastic prayer app that I would encourage our listeners to download where you get real-time prayer requests. And if you click on pray, it lets people know that you're praying. So that's another piece. The other, I was just going to ask, maybe there's a connection here. I don't know. Um, I just saw a, a data report that was just released, um, no relation to your ministry, but but uh, Open Doors data, a uh, different, different ministry, but they just released um, kind of the, the trends for 2020 of the international student population that we're finding here in the United States and uh, the, the places in the world where they come from. As I look at that list, uh, I know that some of those places are on the world watch list, but for us here, for our listeners, they, they might be in the university or they might have one in their backyard. Is there a connection between the global church and, and some of what we've been hearing about persecution and suffering, even your exhortation to wake up and then We find international students all around us. Is there a connection there that could be a bridge to both of these?
2: Well, one of the things that when you look at what's happened in Syria and Iraq, one of the blessings, uh, perhaps hidden blessings, is that so many uh, folks have had to escape. They're now in the West and are free to interact, to question, to read a scripture. And university students are in that same sort of thing. They, in their in their culture they they cannot go to church they Mm. cannot read a bible Mm. so many of them let's say if you're a saudi student right yeah right uh so to interact with christians who love them who care for them who are friendly with them who show hospitality to them key Mm. Uh, and then just talk about faith talk about scripture expose them to scripture i think and of course my concept of of religious freedom is that everybody has a chance to, has access to a scripture and has a chance to decide for themselves what they think about it. It doesn't do any good for us to try to impose, that's not, that's not the gospel anyway. Uh, But to to let these Saudi uh, students or Chinese students or whatever interact, show hospitality and care for them, I think is a massive advantage. They're right here in our hometowns and our college towns around the country. And we should be loving them and reaching out to them and and uh, helping them uh, have maybe for the first time in their life exposure to the gospel and to That's the great. scriptures. And surprisingly, uh, most people do not know that they they know nothing about Christianity. Mm-hmm. In okay, they haven't learned in the, what the imams tell them uh, about about uh, scripture is is you know, they don't know this, the, the, the Genesis story. They don't know the Gospels. They don't know anything about Jesus. They've not heard what he said. They have a caricature in their head that we have, you know, three different gods and that we have all kinds of different crazy ideas, uh, even drinking blood. You know, mm. they, they misunderstand and mischaracterize communion. Mm. So, so it's wonderful when you can bring them exposure to the real gospel, to the real truth, and to the understanding of grace
0: and yeah. what he did. No, that's good. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today on the Scent Life podcast. And we really do. Uh, we're big fans of and supporters of Open Doors USA. Encourage our listeners to uh, to be connected, uh, be involved and engaged. Uh, and if you'll let us, I'd love to pray for you and pray for the ministry of Please. Open Doors USA as we end our time. Let's pray. Thank you. Yes. Lord god we do come before you and uh, we thank you that even today uh, that we hear the story of our god who is good even though in many parts and places around the world it's hard to see that lord we think of the global pandemic and lord how that has not only highlighted uh needs and things in our own backyard but lord as we think about the global church as we think about those that are suffering and being persecuted because of their faith that's even ramped up. But Lord, in the midst of that, you are still good. And so we pray for those believers. Uh, Even now, uh, Lord, would they be encouraged? As as David reminded us, Lord, would they be unified? Uh, Lord God, would they move from places of isolation to connection? Uh, And so Lord, I even pray right now uh, for those that are uh, continuing to use technology to minister into these uh, difficult areas try to encourage brothers and sisters to give hope where there is no hope, where, uh, Lord, uh, would you be with them as they build those platforms, that would you use them to your glory, God? We pray for those brothers and sisters in the faith that right now um, desperately need even uh, daily goods, Uh, and Lord, they're also being persecuted as they try to provide that for those in their community. Help us here, particularly in the West and in the United States, that as we're Uh, a church that doesn't face this direct persecution or suffering, Lord. Help us to not only be aware, but to be prayerful, uh, to be involved and engaged. And Lord, even as David reminded us that as we see those shadows, will we not be fearful, uh, but will we grab hold of you and encourage uh, our brothers and sisters, Lord. So we continue to pray for David. We continue to pray for the ministry of Open Doors USA. uh, But more importantly, Lord, we thank you uh, that you are God Uh, that even in the midst of persecution and suffering, that uh, what you say is true and it's good uh, and the gospel will remain. We
1: ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. you. David, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate you uh, joining us for our podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. So I want to thank you for being part of this week's episode of the Scent Life Podcast. Really, this is going to be part one of a two-part episode. Make sure that you come back next week as we continue our conversation with global experts about persecution. Um, In the beginning of the podcast, uh, Dr. Curry mentioned a book by Brother Andrew called The God Smuggler. This is one of the best-selling Christian books of all time, and we want to offer you the opportunity to get a free copy of that book. If you would write to us and let us know you'd like a copy... Uh, with your name your address we'll be glad to send you a free copy of the god smuggler uh, that's sponsored by and given by open doors Uh, you could write us at c g c s at s e b t s dot edu that's c g c s at s e b t s dot edu or feel free to reach out to us on one of our social media handles and we'll be able to get in touch with you that way So we appreciate you tuning in. Jump back in next week as we continue our conversation about the persecuted church.